Hey everyone, welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. I'm Megan Vannoy and I have my co-host Kimmy Nishimoto here with me. Hi, everybody. Oh, my functional therapist and dental hygienist, as you guys know. Um, we are super excited to have our guest, Jessica um, Jessica has a really cool background. I can't wait for her to share it with you guys. She's got a background in massage therapy and osteopathy, cranial sacral therapy. Um, she's really kind of our body work guru that we're so excited to have on board. Don't worry, Jessica, you are a guru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I'm really excited for everything she has to share with us. She's got a great personal story, um, but then also great patient perspective as well. So, um, Jessica, please introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us a little bit about your training. And, um, you know, today she's really going to break down actually what cranial sacral therapy is and what that means um, and really how it applies to what we do as well. So, Jessica, take it away. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me um, on your podcast. It's uh, such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Um, as Megan said, I have quite an eclectic um, set of skills that all sort of feed one into the next. You know, as I was learning something, it would, I'm a very, very curious person. As I was learning one skill set, it would open up this whole set of questions that I would have that weren't answered by that skill set. And then I would go on to do my next professional training. And it just like, that's how my life has flowed, solving my own personal problems and struggles that I've been experiencing through professional trainings, and then being able to offer that to my community, to my clients. Um, and so, yeah, I started off as um, actually in, in yoga, and then I moved to massage therapy. And then I studied osteopathy and craniosacral therapy. And then I moved on to um, providing holistic sleep support for infants. Those are my trainings. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And what's so cool is what you're saying is that like everything kind of feeds into itself because I think so often, and we run into this, I, I'm sure Kimmy and I've said this a million times, like how it's amazing how everything is connected. And we all know that up here, like, yeah, the whole body's connected together, but like, especially, um, you know, in Western medicine, we don't study it that way. We don't talk about things being connected together. And that's kind of where all of us kind of, you know, specialize together and realizing that all your body parts are connected to all your other bodies. So, um, <laughs> even when you're studying anatomy, you learn it as individual muscles, but yeah. in reality, things work as a connected kinetic chain from, yeah. from toe to the tip of your head. So, mm -hmm. yeah, which is, you know, it, when you say it, you're like, oh yeah, duh. But like, when you study it, you don't like, <laughs> you don't really think about it that way. So, um, gosh, go, Kimmy, um, I think you wanted to have some questions. What do you, what I, do you did for us? I love it. So when someone is going through like, oh, I have a tongue tie or my baby is tongue tied, the standard advice is myofunctional therapy, body work, which is usually osteopathy, cranial sacral therapy, um, and then release when ready. And then usually ideally more body work. So mm -hmm. can you break it down in real simple terms, the difference between osteopathy 
and cranial sacral therapy in general terms. I know that you're amazing and you are a double whammy, but most <laughs> of the time they're kind of separate. <laughs> well, so yes, I can break it down. Um, and breaking it down, in breaking it down, I have to get a little bit political because um, that's, that's right. where it's come from. And so I, I work in, I live and work in Canada and many of your listeners I'm sure are in the United States. And so in the United States, osteopathy is actually a medical profession. You go to medical school to become an osteopath. But then there's also a subset called a manual osteopathic practitioner. And then there's also craniosacral therapy. In Canada, we don't have very many osteopathic practitioners. We don't have any, uh, sorry, many um, medically trained osteopathic practitioners. That's really something that is from the States. And so mm. osteopathy itself has one origin and it came from this gentleman named Andrew Taylor still, and he was a physician who was looking for manual ways that he could work with the body to, you know, by affecting the structure, improve the function of the body. So that's one of the primary kind of um, principles that osteopathy was built on. But then um, as the evolution of the politics within the field happened, um, a branch became more medical and a branch became more manual. And I'll get into what manual means in a moment. Um, but when you're looking for an osteopath and you're in the States, you really have to specify, are you looking for a physician or are you looking for a body worker? Gotcha. And so that makes it confusing for, yeah. <laughs> for anybody who's looking no for- No wonder it's so hard to find like what we're looking for. Yeah. yeah. And because of that confusion, there was another branch that ended up emerging called craniosacral therapy. And that was brought about by a gentleman named um, Upledger, I believe. I, I think that he's the one who started it. And he basically took a lot of the craniosacral skill set that came from osteopathy and just branded it as his own thing so that it could be independent of osteopathy. And so Osteopathy is a bit of a big umbrella term, and there's lots of different tools that fall under osteopathy, including craniosacral therapy, including visceral manipulation, which is just gentle manipulation of the organs. Another thing that falls under cranios uh, osteopathy is joint manipulations, which would be similar to chiropractic work. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these little um, packages that fall under the umbrella of osteopathy and some, some of them have been branded as their own profession. So. Gotcha. We're tracking. Mm -hmm. We're on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so the craniosacral therapy um, little package that falls under osteopathy is a set, a skill set that um, involves very gentle manual release. So by manual release, that means that the therapist's hands will be on the person using hand, hand, handset skills that didn't that didn't come out right but it's like <laughs> like uh physiotherapy massage therapy craniosacral therapy those are all manual therapies you expect your therapist to be touching you mm -hmm. um and so with craniosacral therapy is a very very gentle 
touch. And you almost sometimes don't think that your therapist is maybe even doing anything at all, unless you're very sensitive or very intuitive or um, right on the edge of what your body is able to like deal with and handle, <laughs> then, then you might feel it more easily. Um, and what it does is it's kind of working with very subtle tensions that, in, that are in your body, helping to release them just as a physiotherapist would help release tensions or a massage therapist. But these tensions are often ones that you might not even realize that are there because they're working on structures that are not so much the muscles, they might be even deeper structures in the body that you, you didn't even realize that you could be holding tension there. You know, we often talk about, oh, I hold all my tension in my shoulders, but you never say, oh, I hold tension in that fascial connective tissue that surrounds my spinal cord. When have you ever heard anybody say that? <laughs> never. <laughs> never, <laughs> right? Uh, and so craniosacral therapy can work on those really deep um, structures. And so in particular, it works on um, something called the dura, which is that um, fascial structure that surrounds your central nervous system. So your brain and your spinal cord going all the way down to your tailbone. Cool. So how, how do they do that? Do you just use your fingertips? Are you in the head? Are you working on the spine area? Is Where are you kind of doing that soft massage manipulation? Right. right. So um, you could you could use craniosacral therapy as working on the craniosacral system, which is a, the surrounding of the central nervous system. So brain spinal cord all the way down to the tailbone tailbone or you could use that type of palpation and palp the word palpation just means the way that you're touching somebody um, you can use a craniosacral type of palpation anywhere on the body to find uh, to find those types of tensions so you can work anywhere on the body but in particular you know when you're working with um with a baby for example that's a really fantastic time to be using craniosacral skill set because with a baby, you know, the baby's just gone through the birth canal, or even if they've been born by cesarean, there's been a, a huge change in pressure dynamics for that baby. And babies' craniums, their heads, their bone structure has way more bones than adults do. And, mm. and what we want to have is that right relationship for all of those bones to be existing to form like a perfectly beautifully rounded head. And you know, when a baby goes through the, vag the vaginal canal, you know, there's that overlapping of all the bones. And, and, and usually they'll, because baby cries and moves their body around, you know, is normal for those overlapping to, what's that? to un-overlap, to go to the right, <laughs> to the right position. But if there's certain tensions, then that might not happen. You might not have a complete, um, de-overlapping. I don't know. What is the word? For yeah, that? exactly. <laughs> I know there's a word for it, but it's not coming to mind. Compression. <laughs> Decompress. <laughs> exactly. Decompression. That's exactly the word. And so, um, you would expect that the, 
the craniosacral therapist would be placing their hands very gently on the head, on the, on the base, uh, the top of the neck at the base of the head, you know, maybe even around the eyes, um, all the way down the spine, anywhere on the body, really. <laughs> yeah, to kind of get it all back in line. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, so and not, you said in line, but um, I'll just say maybe in line is not quite the right word, maybe in rhythm because, rhythm. okay. Yeah. Because, because everything in the body has a rhythm, you know, our, our heartbeat has a rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, our energetic body has a rhythm. The, the bones in, in osteopathy and craniosacral therapy, we, we talk about a, a rhythm for the bones, whereas there's like this just super subtle motion and it's so hard to describe but once you feel it you can't unfeel it um, and so it, what you want to be looking for is that expression of that mm. motion is even the wrong word because there's not a lot of movement but motility is the word that we use mm. the ability for it to um, have a rhythm so I have heard in the past that cranial sacral therapy is kind of like pumping the cerebral spinal fluid through the body. Is that an accurate description? That I've heard that description as well. And I would love to say that it is or it isn't and give you something conclusive. I think the reality is, is that we have a lot of theories about why something works or doesn't work. And it's very difficult to, in certain um, professions or in certain areas of study to actually find out if what you're if the description that you have lines up with what's actually happening in the body and so um so I, I can't answer that that's exactly what's happening I mean ultimately we're ultimately in craniosacral therapy we are working with fluid dynamics so um you know a healthy tissue has good circulation that we know for sure. And, and we talk about circulation in terms of blood, but what about lymphatic fluid and what about cerebrospinal fluid? And an, an analogy that I like to think about is when you're walking along the beach and you feel like the sand is pretty dry and kind of hard, but then your foot, as you walk, you look back at your footprint and you see that there's water in there. So that pressure, that manipulation that you had to that sand in that spot pulled that water up in a process called liquefaction it just created circulation to that area of the mm -hmm. sand and so that's how I view how craniosacral therapy works it's just yeah. we're creating fluid in the tissues and we know that that is something that brings health um, and so there are many descriptions out there of how or many theories out there and testing them is kind of impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it kind of is almost like, you know, when people are like, well, why is my baby tongue tied? Mm -hmm. Or like, well, how does this happen? Well, there's a lot of theories. There's a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, different conversations around that or like, you know, why me, why not somebody else? And, um, you know, and that's kind of where all the different research can like start to come in as well. So um, now, We've talked kind of cranial sacral therapy. We're getting an idea of really what it is. And it sounds awesome and I love it. Um, so at what point would somebody, you know, 
who's tongue tied, especially because, you know, we are a myofunctional therapy podcast. Um, and we talk about like body work and that's just such a vague, like just get some body work, you know? Um, so what is that journey kind of like for somebody who is tongue tied, you know, they come to see you, um, what does that, what does that really look like for them? Mm-hmm. Right. So if somebody's coming to me and they're tongue tied, uh, it will really depend a bit on the age. So I, I do see a lot of babies mm-hmm. and in, in the baby population. I think that every baby should be coming for osteopathy, craniosacral therapy, this type of gentle manipulation after they're born. And yes, just they've been all stuck in all sorts of crazy. Like. <laughs> and for nervous system regulation and to just make sure that everything's working, right? Yeah. Right. And so if a baby's come in and, and is a suspected tongue tie, what will the body worker do? Um, freeing up the front line of the fascia. So making sure that, um, that there's no restrictions in the neck that are preventing the head from turning both ways. That Because if the head can't turn both ways, then that will affect tongue function and that will affect suction strength or efficiency. Um, making sure that the the pathway that the nerves travel along that command the tongue or um, strengthen the neck and upper body is free from restriction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really a lot of helping parents to find ways to make tummy time enjoyable for their baby, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm a big advocate for empowering parents to do as much as they can on their own. Like I've got a lot of training, but you're the one who's with your baby all day, every day. And, and so if I can teach you or help you work through as many of these tensions as possible, um, then you're going to be way further ahead. And so tummy time is one of those things that's super difficult for many parents to, (laughs) they just feel like it's uncomfortable in an awful situation for their babies. So that will, that's one of the big things that I work on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of which, like for our listeners, there is an Instagram account. I am like in love with her. She's so great. It's Milk Matters PT. She does tons of stuff on like babies and like the importance of tummy time and moving and not being stuck in a container. Mm -hmm. So there's a good resource for you. Continue on, Jessica. Perfect. Right. And, and then, um, And then after a release, so with my daughter, you know, my daughter, she had a tongue tie. And so I did a lot of pre-work with her. She was, she was very mobile. She was mobile in her front line of, of her fascia as much as possible. Like I did so many appointments with her. I brought her to specialists in case there was some blind spots that that I was missing. And then she had her, um, her tongue released and all of a sudden it was just so much easier for her to get into tummy time even though I thought it was good she was actually able to easily hold her head up afterwards it was like night and day and so I think that it's really important to have that pre pre-body work to free up that front line of fascia um, because if you don't then you're only getting part of the part of the game you know releasing the the um, frenulum 
is a big part of the fascia, but what about all the rest? There's a lot of thick points of fascia in our body, including around the heart and um, around the perineum and throughout the body. There's the fascia under the tongue is not the only fascia in the body. (laughs) Yeah. The deep front line goes all the way from your toes, up your abs, up your chest. And And the diaphragm, especially that is another huge area that I work on every single person that I see, we're always working on the diaphragm, the the fashion that is very easy to um, become restricted and then reduce your mobility and not just mobility, but fluid transmission in the body and the the neural transmission in the body. And then after, uh, after somebody, a baby has had um, a tongue release, then then you want to make sure that the that the tongue is still maintaining its mobility and the sucks that the gains, and all that that the gains are remaining, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you do anything in the mouth when you're doing cranial sacral therapy, or do you mostly stay on the, the outside? So that's where my skill set sort of overlaps. You know, when you think about the different the different buckets of skill sets that I have when I'm working inside the mouth, yes, for sure, there are cranial cranial sacral tools because you can. Um, you can work with all the bones of the, of the palate. Um, so like the maxilla and the palatine and the vomer and the ethmoid, you know, it, for those listening who, who don't know what those words mean, they're just all the bones inside the mouth and deep inside the head. And you can access those um, with very gentle manipulations. But on top of that, then I call into my, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, then I call into my massage therapy training, which is more focused on working with the muscles and then just making sure that the tongue, the tongue is functional and mobile and um, like the masseter, the muscle that helps you chew and um, underneath the tongue that the, those muscles that connect to the hyoid are functional. I, I hesitate when I use these anatomical words because I don't want to lose any of the listeners here. But if you All just right, you're pointing, you're pointing, that works. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My question for you is um what things cranial sacral therapy help with, right? Like a lot of babies they have plagiocephaly where they get the flat head in the back, um torticollis where they have a hard time turning their head side to side or they tend to favor a breast because of the tension in their neck. Um, sometimes babies come out sideways, upside down, breathe, C-section, sucked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of tongue time babies come out with the high V-shaped or high narrow palate or the bubble palate. Mm-hmm. What are some things that cranial sacral therapy could help with? And what is kind of like, you gotta go to a certain other specialist. Right. Um... So all of those things that it can help with, but first I'll just kind of preface it by saying who, whichever provider that you are seeing, you want to make sure that they, if, if you're bringing your baby and you want to make sure that they have a specialty in working with babies, you know, lots of experience working with babies because, because all healthcare providers are going to be practicing from the lens from which they're comfortable and maybe right. maybe we've all had similar training but it's our life experiences that really you know you that's what we bring to the table right yeah and so you you want to vet the person that you're going to work with and just find out are you comfortable working with 
this demographic of person for this condition, right? You can always send an email before you ever meet up with somebody and ask that. But definitely um, when there's flat spots on the head, when there's uh, difficulty turning head from side to side, if your baby's neck seems to be bent in one direction, if baby's having a difficulty nursing on one breast, but not the other one, um, if baby is just sad a lot, lots of tears, lots of, if baby's got digestive upset, you know, like lots of gas, painful and irritating, a certain amount of gas, a certain amount of reflex is normal. Their digestive system is just learning how to work, but craniosacral therapy can, can help so much mm-hmm. um, with that because, because of its ability to for sure work with tissues that are restricted, but another huge benefit of craniosacral therapy is down regulation of the nervous system. So basically de-stressing, like let, letting you feel calm in your body. And the digestive system works best when we feel calm in our body, but if there's tensions or um, restrictions, you'll never feel calm enough to digest. Like how many times when you've had an argument, do you feel like having a big meal? <laughs> right? Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's called rest and digest for a reason, right? Like, <laughs> I love it. So, so that's kind of the baby perspective, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. And like, I think it's so helpful. So what about from the adult perspective, like these adults and like, you know, people like people like the three of us who've been, you know, who have compensated and done all these things. And I was a colicky baby and, uh, you know, grew up to be someone with a lot of acid reflux. And in my later years, just found out that I had a, you know, posterior tongue tie. We've all had our, you guys are in a group of people who've all had their tongue ties. So like, <laughs> Woo. yeah, yes, you know, Jessica too. And, um, you know, what is it like for an adult to then come to use a cranial sacral therapist? It's, you know, where it just seems like we're more like tied up and wound up and like, (laughs) maybe a little bit harder to move around. (laughs) Absolutely. And years of working around these adaptations. And so when you, when you work around something and you only have the experience of living in your own body, Mm -hmm. that's what you think is normal. And so I don't, think I've ever had somebody as an adult come to me saying that they were tongue-tied yeah right but then you screen for that then then they say well I clench my teeth I grind my teeth I get these headaches um I just have so much tension in my shoulders that's where I hold it that those are the things that I hear Mm -hmm. and and for a long time, I just thought, okay, well, let's just massage those shoulders. And, you know, and then the next day it feels, it feels exactly the same. And so, um, so with adults, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more difficult because, because adults have autonomy. And so you really have to get the buy-in, right. Mm -hmm. And until they recognize that, that the tongue can be related to all these symptoms that they've experienced for their whole life until you get that buy-in you won't get a lot of progress. So I always screen for like right off the bat, if somebody's telling me that they have any sort of upper body complaints, I'm always screening for just tongue mobility and then sending a referral to a myofunctional therapist because myofunctional therapy is not my wheelhouse. (laughs) All right, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, and so then I end up working with the, the patterns that have been developed for movement around that dysfunction that can be, that's found in the mouth. And so, so a common dysfunction when you also have a tongue tie will be extension through the neck. So you're kind of like short at the back of the neck and long at the front of the neck and then shoulders forward. And usually the person will come in and say, oh, I work all day at the office. And that's just my work posture. But is it right? Sure. That's part of it. So working to um, kind of, you know, reprogram how people can move in their body and, and how tongue function ties into shoulder posture ties into the the posture that you hold at your solar plexus and your hips all the way down to the feet and so really um when i'm working with an adult i just have to kind of see what it's a bit of a dance what are you willing to hear what area of the body are you willing to work on and then slowly infuse a more global a more holistic view of connecting the dots for them oh did you notice that when you did this with your shoulders that this happened with your low back mm. and hey where's your tongue now right yeah it just you know it's a little bit of a slower process <laughs> so yeah that's awesome mm. Does it feel like as an adult, I've had patients that have had their tongue tie surgery and I'm like, okay, you're having a lot of tension in the back of your neck and your shoulders. Why don't you go get some cranial sacral therapy? And then later they're like, I felt really calm afterwards. I didn't feel like a lot of like movements that she was doing. So what would you say to that? Like, is it, I know that it's very gentle. So on, from your perspective, since you probably had it done yourself, like, what does it feel like from a patient perspective? Yeah. From a patient perspective, um, it does, it does feel very gentle. It might just feel like it might feel like nothing is happening and it might feel like, like wild things inside your body are happening. It really depends on your, the, the patient, the, the client's experience in their own body. And I would say, you know, to those people who say that they don't feel anything, then it's probably not the best tool for you to be using right away. Mm-hmm. You need to feel like you, the investment that you're making in your health is worthwhile. And there are so many ways to approach the body and there's no one way that's better than the other. And so, you know, I've even found myself like I I really absolutely love having craniosacral therapy um, and I've made a lot of gains, but also, you know, we are made up of a lot of muscles and we're working against gravity all the time. And so for some people having a more active approach to their treatment can can give them more gains in that moment. And so I think that it's important for people to try it out for themselves, to be curious about their own body. Um, And if something doesn't feel like it's working for them, well, there's no reason to hammer it home. Try something else. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Give yourself permission to just be creative and curious. Yeah. That's That's great advice. Thanks, Jessica. I know that for me, I have scoliosis and like my whole body will just like get crooked and my head's like this. So I, I personally really like uh, chiropractic 
because mm-hmm. I got to just get smushed back into place. And then later the body work works a lot better. But if my body is out and I get a massage, I am tight the next day because my I'm just not aligned up. Exactly. And you know what your experience is in your body and you know, because you've tried what works for you and you know, somebody else will have a completely different experience for somebody else. Chiropractic could feel just, you know, like way too much for their nervous system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I even had patients see the same cranial sacral therapist. Um, and one will come back and tell me, I didn't feel like she did anything at all. And then the other one will come back and tell me like, that was so intense. I think I need to see someone more gentle. And it's like the same, <laughs> same provider, a lot of times, even the same techniques or, you know, it's just, I really noticed that with people and just kind of our different thresholds. Or you can feel exactly, exactly that, or you can feel like nothing really happened in the appointment, but two days later, you're like, oh my God, I feel like I've had the biggest workout of my life. Yeah. Where did that come from? Right. So, you know, I I have a, when I was TAing for a course one time, the instructor, she would, would say, you know, you might feel something, you might feel nothing. You might feel something now and nothing later. You might feel nothing now and something later. All of them are valid experiences. And I think what, where the value is, is what do you perceive the outcome has been? Yeah. Cool. I love it. I love it. Oh, this has been so much great information, Jessica. Um, you know, we'd love to have you share a little bit of your kind of personal story, your personal journey, if you're up for it about kind of, you know, really like what happened with you and, you know, you've shared some about your daughter already too. And, um, and just kind of what that was like, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, well, my, for my, as I mentioned earlier, you know, all these, these skill sets that I have as a clinician um, have been developed because of challenge to help me overcome challenges that I that I was facing in my own life, um, and I realized that um, <laughs> that I I was living in chronic pain for a really long time, but when there's nothing that you can do about pain your body, your nervous system has an incredible ability to just say, well, you're not doing anything about it. You can't do anything about it and turns it off. So I was actually very much disconnected from my whole body and didn't even feel as that I would say like, I don't get angry and I don't feel pain and I've never been injured. But I mean, (laughs) that was clearly not true. I just had turned off my body experience. And as I went through, through these trainings in body work in massage and osteopathy and yoga, I tuned right into my body and realized how super sensitive that I, that I am and realized that I'd actually been living with headaches and that shoulder tension and neck tension my entire life. And when I had a, uh, when I had my tongue tie release and I, I got to say, don't even bother doing it. If you're not going to do myofunctional therapy as well. Amen. Um, <laughs> um when my headaches immediately went away. I remember the beginning of the appointment uh, with for the tongue release, I had to actually uh, turn my whole body in the chair that I was sitting at to face the doctor who was treating me to have the conversation. He said, no, just be comfortable, sit back in your chair. And I was like, I can't, I can't turn my neck. And then after the appointment, I was just like, relaxed, 
talking to the hygienist, or not the hygienist, the um, medical assistant, with my head turned almost 90 degrees. It was just night and day for me. And um, yeah, that, that's, that's part of an experience that I can share. I mean, I've got so many experiences, <laughs> um, but I, I just think that uh, we just have to keep being curious about our experience and, and don't, don't take what you're experiencing as how it has to be because there's there's always something that you can do to improve your situation to feel better to live life more fully and there's no one right way to get there um, it's just about exploring what it is that you need in the moment and that will change too yeah yeah I love it I love it all right well thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your time with us I feel like I know a lot more. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, I loved it. So, um, gosh, I don't know if I have any more questions. Kimmy, do you have anything before we wrap up? No, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. I just wanted to cover like how how it works in there with the babies getting mm -hmm. CST before the release and after, and the adults. And so, mm -hmm. those are my sweet spots. I love me a tongue tie. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Well, um, so as you guys know, you can follow both Kimmy and I on social media, the Munch Bunch podcast. You can follow us individually. Um, Kimmy at Mouth Muscle Memory, myself at Northwest Malfunctional Therapy or NWMFT. Jessica, if people want to reach out to you and find you, how could they do so? Yeah, so my clinical practice is just based in Squamish, but if you have a baby um, and you're concerned about anything baby related, to osteopathy or baby development or tongue tie you know I've got a Facebook group it's called the mama bear postnatal collective and it's a great group of women who um it's a non-judgment is a non-judgment space where we can connect um, about all things new motherhood or you can email me at uh, jessica at theafterglowcenter.com and center is spelled the Canadian way, C-E-N-T-R-E. <laughs> Perfect, I love it, awesome. Well, I hope you guys all have a great rest of your day. Feel free to comment with questions or email us with even more. And uh, Jessica, it was so great to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you yes, thank you very much. <laughs>